Welcome to Flourishing Grace Students Parent Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Gardner. Let's get into this week's topic. Hey there, thanks for joining us uh, for this week's episode talking about the three P's of starting to disciple your teenager. That's what we're going to be talking about this week, kind of coming off of last week. Um, before I get into this, though, I do want to say um, one thing uh, real quickly. One, just kind of stating the obvious here, um, I myself am not um, a parent of teenagers. I'm actually not a parent at all. Right? I'm just the minister of students here at Flourishing Grace. And so my hope is to help you from my perspective to disciple your kids. Um, but I do want to say I don't uh, claim to be the expert or to have uh, done some of the things we're talking about physically. Uh, for me, I'm just looking at what other people have said. And also um, what you guys have said is helpful and kind of kind of combining all my research together to go, okay, I think these are some helpful uh, tools that we can use to equip and train our parents here. And so I just want to say that as a kind of an obvious statement. If you know me, which most all of you do know me, you know this about me. But I just want to make that uh, really clear here um, that I want to help and equip you. And I think uh, myself and our leaders have a different perspective um, on your teenager. And so the hope is that that different perspective uh, will help you in your parenting. It's one of the reasons why if if your student is in a huddle, I really want you uh, to engage your huddle or your student's huddle leader, Um, whether that's taking them out to lunch or hanging out with them. I'm not saying every week and all the time. I'm not saying you have to be their best friend, but what I'm saying is getting to know them uh, and getting to know just who they are as a person and a follower of Jesus, but also how they are interacting with your teenager on the weekly. So uh, that being said, uh, let's get into this episode, Three P's of Discipling Your Teenager. I want to start off with just this quote from Raising Passionate Jesus Followers by Phil and Diane Comer. If you have not read that book, make sure you pick one of those up soon. I think it's like 17 bucks on Amazon. You can grab one of those. It's it's a great book. Uh, we're actually doing our parenting conference uh, in November based around this book. They have a whole film series um, as well. And so you could read the book and be prepared for that. Um, it's going to be a great time in November. But in the book on page 29, they before kind of before they get to the meat of the book, they really just ask a question to the parents. And that question is this. Are you a passionate Jesus follower? Are you, as the parent, a passionate Jesus follower? And they define being a passionate Jesus follower as this. Is Jesus at the very center of your decision-making, your vocation, your relationships? Are you learning and growing and falling more in love with Jesus? Can you honestly say he is your master? Would you consider yourself part of what A.W. Tozer termed the fellowship of the burning hearts? Are you invested in Jesus? Have you given your life to Jesus? Does everything in your life center around Jesus? That's what they're asking here. And later they go on to say um, that the reason why this is so important is because if you try to parent your kids from the perspective of um, of not that, where you're kind of a, a church goer um, and a church doer, uh, your kids are going to grow up hating church and hating God um, because um, 
that's not what Jesus calls us to do. Jesus doesn't call us to go to church and to do all the things. He actually calls us to come and die and follow him. Um, and so, uh, yeah, even in that, they they just reference how in the book of Judges, we see this second generation who know a lot about God. Um, and they, they participate in what God has going on, um, but they don't have intimacy with him. They don't have it in a life altering way. They don't actually change their lives to, uh, do what Jesus or God says in that they, they just kind of know a lot about him and are very religious. And so the reason why I ask this question is because again, this, this podcast in our student ministry is, is designed to help you as a parent to, uh, encourage you, equip you and challenge you. And so the challenge in this is, are you following Jesus daily? Do you have a personal relationship with him? Uh, and are you growing in that relationship? Now, I'm not saying you have to be perfect. I'm not saying you're perfect and that you're the shining example of everything that Jesus wants. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is, does your life center around Jesus? Or is Jesus, or is Jesus just kind of an add-on to the rest of your life? Because that's going to make a big difference in this. If, if church and Jesus is kind of an add-on to the things that you do, then then your kids are going to see it that way too. Kids are smart. And they, they can see what's going on um, more than we give them credit for. And so uh, I just want to help you in that. So, uh, man, maybe if you're, in a, if you're not in a path group, man, get in a path group. People around you, they'll help you follow Jesus together. Um, if you are um, not engaging God's word every day, if you're not praying for your kids and not pr- praying for yourself, just asking God to do work in your life to transform you and make you more like Jesus, do that. Maybe you're sitting here going like, I don't even know what you're talking about, Josh, and maybe you haven't even trusted Jesus uh, for your salvation. My prayer for you is that you would turn to Jesus and see that he is everything that you need, uh, that he's done everything in his death and resurrection on the cross for you. So, uh, man, that's where we have to start is with our own hearts in this and say, okay, is, uh, is my heart bent towards Jesus? Is everything in my life bent towards who Jesus is and what he's done? Do I have an intimate relationship with him? Or do I just know a lot about him and go to, go to church? Because, um, again, how we, how we respond uh, to God is going to uh, play into how we um, parent in that. And so as you consider that, um, man, I, I want this podcast to be for people in many different places. And so maybe you're someone who is... Uh, just beginning your journey of discipling your students. Maybe you're a new follower of Jesus. Maybe you're not, and you're just trying to figure this out now. Um, maybe you're even a little hopeless and like, man, d- did I wait too long? Uh, my hope is to help you today. And also for those of you who have been discipling your kids and are just wanting to continue that and and seek more uh, kind of wisdom in that, my hope is to help you as well uh, in this podcast. Also, so kind of that being said, um, as we follow Jesus, um, and then as we follow Jesus into parenting, there's just uh, three things that I want you to focus on uh, as you're parenting your kids. And, and I, I, these three things are super simple, super easy, but I think there are things that we just don't, um, we don't do regularly on rhythm every day, every week. We don't think about them enough. Um, and so, Hopefully these three things will help you. And the first, the first one is this, the first one is just to pray. Um, I know simple, right? You're like, okay, 
<laughs> don't turn off the podcast yet um, because I, I want us to focus on a couple of things in this. My, my question for you is, are you praying for your teenager every day? Um, because if you're not and you seek to disciple them well, this is where you have to start. Not only with praying for your, your teenager, but just like we said before, praying and asking God to move in your own heart, in your own life, right? I told you guys in the last podcast that a major thing that my dad did, and my mom did it as well, to shape my relationship with Jesus was something that they weren't doing to for the purpose of shaping my relationship with Jesus. They would spend time with Jesus. I would see them in the same spots every day, my mom in the morning, my dad at night, praying and seeking God. Um, and I would just walk in on them. Like they would be doing that just like my mom would sit in a chair downstairs in the living room. My dad would sit in a chair in their bedroom. Um, and pretty much the same time every day. And so I saw that. I saw them praying. I saw them seeking God in that way. Um, and so for you, man, pray every single day. Ask God to move in your life. I'm reminded of, of a few things. I think that parents are sometimes anxious. Um, like there's two things that come to mind that parents are anxious or they lack or they believe that they lack wisdom or they do lack wisdom. We all lack wisdom in a lot of different ways. Um, and so the Bible has such good answers for this, right? Philippians four, six says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And so, you know, there's so many places Jesus talks about us not being anxious. There's so many uh, places in scripture where we see that God provides an answer for our anxiety, for our anxiousness, but we have to go to him. We have to seek him. So some of you are anxious about your job, about where you are in life, about parenting your kids. So my call to you is to go to him every day with prayer and supplication and thanksgiving and let your request be known to God. And those of you who have done that, you have experienced the peace of God. If you think about it for just a moment, if you experience the peace of God that surpasses all understanding and guards your hearts. I've had multiple times in my life where that has happened to me, where I've just felt a peace that did not make sense in this time. The other thing is uh, wisdom, right? A lack of wisdom. And what I love about our God is he doesn't just leave us out to dry in this. He wants us to ask him. James 1 says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given to him. So if you lack wisdom, what do you do? You ask God. You ask God for wisdom. Books and resources and podcasts are all helpful and great. But Ultimately, you need to ask God for wisdom in what to do. God knows your kids' hearts. God knows your kids' hearts. God, know, God knows exactly what your kids struggle with. Exactly. God knows everything about them. The good, the bad, the ugly. He knows everything. So you need to ask him for wisdom in how to, uh, how to disciple, how to walk with your kids in their lives, how to help them to follow Jesus. And then lastly, in prayer, praying these things for yourself, praying over your kids, 
because again, I see so many parents try to implement um, kind of like rules and all of these structures and things like that, which aren't bad. And we're going to talk about that in a second here, but, but they do that before really consulting, not just consulting, but asking God to move. Um, and so we used to say this all the time at the church I was at in Texas, but it's actually one of our like mantras is that prayer precedes power. Prayer precedes power. Power doesn't come from us. It comes from the Holy Spirit. It comes from God himself moving. And so James 5 says, and uh, James 5 says, and the, uh, the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick. The Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as as it is working. Right? So God's power moves and works within us as we pray. Right? And so it has great power. And so some of you might be in a place where you just feel stuck. You just feel like your kids are in a place where it's like, man, I don't know what's going to happen and I'm scared. My call to you is to pray. Pray with power, knowing that God listens to you and that there's great power as he is working. And I think what time, sometimes what we do with prayer is we, we pray for like a day or two or a week and we don't see any result. We go, okay, well, this isn't working. My call to you is to, to give yourself like six months of dedicated, dedicating yourself to prayer. And if you don't see things in your life, then if you don't see any God moving in your life in any way, then okay. But I guarantee you will. Um, I guarantee if you give yourself over to praying and asking God to move uh, consistently every single day in your life and in your kid's life, you're going to see it. Uh, You're going to see him move in this. So the first thing we must do in this is pray. Pray. Pray for yourself. Pray for your kids. Pray with your kids as well. Um, Spend time praying over them. If you don't know where to start in your discipleship, you can always, uh, you should start with prayer and you can always pray with them ask them how can i pray for you this is a great place to start because this shows also that we are um that we are dependent on god to do work the second thing we see is plan the second thing i want to bring up is is plan plan so pray and then plan you have to intentionally plan last week we talked about uh, or last time, excuse me, we talked about how discipleship is not something you fall into. It's actually an intentional thing, right? We intentionally disciple or not. Um, and so you must set aside time as a parent to think about the plan around discipling your teenager. Um, in the book, uh, Habits of the Household, um, he talks about a habit with him and his wife of of sitting down and doing a check-in between them two, just seeing how things are going, how they feel about certain things, but then also spending a little bit of time going, okay, what do we need to do next? I'm not saying you have to have a plan for the whole, you know, 18 years that the kid is under your house. You can have that. It's not a bad thing, but you can also just have a plan for, okay, the next six months, here's what, here's what we're going to do. So whether you're a single parent um, or a parent who you're the only Christian in your uh, household, your spouse is not a follower of Jesus, or whether you are uh, parenting and both you and your spouse are followers of Jesus, um, to spend some time thinking and planning around discipling your teenager 
uh, you need to do that. You need to think about things like when you're going to have certain conversations and make sure that you and your spouse are on the same page about those things, even that right? Need to have honest conversations with each other about screen time and technology and ask good questions like, Hey, how do you feel about the fact that, you know, our, uh, teenager has, you know, uh, access to all of these things, asking good questions about, um, you know, they have, they spend this amount of time on their phone every day. Is that really what we want them spending their time on? And like set, set a limit for that and go, okay, we really only want them on their phone for this amount of time, right? And make sure you're doing that. Set up uh, or like have conversations about rhythms of prayer with your kids. Okay, we're going to spend time um, praying with our kids at night before we go to bed. Or, hey, we're going to have a little breakfast kind of prayer time in the morning with our kids. Same with rhythms of reading. We're going to read, we're going to do like a family devotional uh, twice or three times a week at dinner. We're going to make sure that we have dinner at the table, not sitting in front of the TV, not all out and about. We're going to sit together and have dinner together, and we're going to read. We're going to spend time in God's Word together. Um, have And just, yeah, having general, again, certain conversations with them, uh, whether it's around uh, dating and God's kind of plan for for. Uh, marriage and sexuality and things like that, sitting down and going, okay, when are we going to have these conversations? Because again, it's not a, you know, it's always the joke about the birds and the bees conversation or whatever. And that's not what this is. This is a continued conversation over years uh, of uh, what God has called us to be in our uh, sexuality um, and in, in these things. And so you have to plan those things out. If you don't plan them out, they usually end up going very badly. Um, or they don't go the way that you intended them to go. Either you come off hateful or you come off too lax or you don't come off well at all. And so your kid never wants to talk to you about it ever again. And so you need a plan, right? Proverbs 22, 6 says, train up your child in the way that he should go. Uh, even when he is old, he will not depart from it, right? And so training, this is what you guys are doing. You're training your kids. Now, I don't know if any of you have ever been in a situation in which you've been part of a training uh, that was run by someone who didn't prepare or didn't know what they were talking about. It's pretty obvious, right? And so you need to spend some time with your spouse writing these things down, walking through books like Raising Passionate Jesus Followers and Habits of the Household and going, okay, here's the plan around this. I do this all the time. Um, especially on things that I have a hard time with uh, in our student ministry. I, uh, the staff makes fun of me, but I do these things called philosophy of blank, whatever it is. So like I have written down on my Google Drive a philosophy for fun uh, because I always joke that I'm not like the super fun, crazy person, uh, like student minister, like you hear about a lot of times. I'm not that. So I have to write down a philosophy for fun. Here's why we have fun. Here's what God's intended for fun in our student ministry and why this is important. And the reason why I have that is so that I implement those things and I, I can kind of recognize, okay, these things are good, um, but I'm not good at them. And so I'm going to write them down to understand, uh, yeah, to understand how to actually implement that into uh, my students' lives. Um, and so, man, maybe you need to write a philosophy of technology and a philosophy of prayer and a philosophy of, of different things with your spouse and together and actually sit down and think about that. 
if you have questions about that and you want to talk, okay, how, how would I even begin doing that? Come talk to me or send me an email, shoot me a text. I would love to talk about that with you as well. But again, all this, I want to say, going back to prayer, that we have to pray over all these things. That, that a, a good chunk, a portion of your time and planning should be devoted to prayer. Should be asking God, okay, God, when we're talking about screen time, technology, things like that, should be praying, going, God, we don't know what to do. Would you help us? Would you give us wisdom in screen time and technology? We know that technology in itself is not bad, but it can be used for terrible, life-altering things that can hurt our child. So please help us understand and help us to make right judgments on what to do here. Like that should be, you should be praying about all these things as you go. The last thing is super simple, um, and it's really just this, to proceed. Proceed. And the reason why I use this word proceed is, first of all, it's another P, so easy to remember, pray, plan, proceed. But also because when I say proceed, I mean two things. One, for some of you, it's to start, right? That, That you have a teenager currently, and maybe you've thought, I haven't done any of these things. We've never read our Bible together. We've never prayed for things we've never had these conversations go ahead and start like it's never too late to start praying for your kids start asking them how can I pray for you um one of the hardest things for me one time was uh not here at a different church I was at I was calling parents and I was just asking um or me and our our student pastor were calling parents and and he, he was actually asking on this one hey how can I pray uh for your son and the, the, the mom on the other end said, isn't that your job? I don't know. What, I don't know to pray for them at all. Isn't that what you're supposed to do? Right? And, and this is, was so sad to us because we realized that this mom was not involved in her kid's life at all in uh, just following Jesus or, or in spiritual things at all. And so it's never too late to ask your kids, hey, how can I pray for you? Like you seem stressed. How can I pray for you? Hey, I know you have a lot going on. How can I pray for you? It's never too late to do that. It's never too late to say, hey, I want to share what's going on uh, in my heart in this thing. Hey, I want to share with you what God has been showing me in his word today. I know so many parents around here who have conversations with their kids on the way to school as they drop them off. They talk about, hey, this is what I read. What did you read? How was that? You know, and they talk, they have those conversations. It's never going to start where you want it to be. In Habits of the Household, uh, he discusses, the author discusses basically this idea that every time he started something new, it was awkward at first, right? It's awkward. It's, it's difficult. It's not fun. But then over time, your kids get used to rhythms and they actually seek it and want it because kids want order. They want rhythm in their life. It's safe. Um, It's safe. When they know, when they can expect what's next, it's safe. And so, um, man, to begin these things, it's going to be hard, but to continue them is what we need to do. And maybe for you, it's just saying, look, I'm going to intentionally lead my kids in this way. Like, this is what I'm going to do. And and you and your spouse sitting down saying, this is what we're going to do. Let's do it. Let's begin with prayer and let's plan. Then for some of you, it's like the proceed is just to say, keep going, 
right? Keep going on what you're doing. Maybe, maybe you've, you've done some things like you've tried, okay, every day, five, seven days a week, we're going to have dinner. We're going to have a Bible study and pray. And it's just like falling apart. Like it's not realistic because every day, you know, there's games and there's things like that. And there's all these things going on. And so it, but it's keep going. Maybe, maybe it's modifying the plan and being okay with that and saying, okay, seven days a week isn't going to work. Let's say three days a week we're going to do this, right? Or maybe we need to move it to breakfast. Breakfast is a better time for this. It's it's keep going, keep thinking about different ways, keep planning, keep praying, keep trying new things. Don't give up. Uh, certain seasons of time are going to be harder because of um, games and because of tests and because of just life and things going on. And so you uh, keep going, keep going. It's well worth it. It's well worth it to fight. It's well worth it to push forward. It's well worth it. And you don't have much time with your kids. And so keep going. Keep going. Um, Don't give up on what you're doing. Again, maybe you'll need to change up rhythm and be more realistic on certain things. Um, But don't give up. Don't just, you know... uh, don't pack it away. Don't say, ah, I'm, I'm done with this. No, keep going. Keep praying. Keep planning. Keep trying new things. Keep proceeding. Go forward. Um, and God's going to honor what you're doing. Again, this is something that God has called you to do if you're a parent. He's called you into. And so you asking God to do these things in your life are, are aligned with his will. And so ask, seek him. Seek him personally in your relationship with him. Seek him as you lead uh, your students as well. So again, pray, plan, proceed. My hope is that this uh, podcast is helpful for you as you think through these things. Next time, uh, we are going to have uh, some guests on with us, some parents who are just going to be kind of talking through these things with us and go, okay, here's how this practically looks for us in planning and praying and, and, and keep moving on. Like how, how do these things play out in our lives um, to kind of help you guys get some ideas and things like that. So it'll be more of a conversation. Then after that kind of going into November, we are going to be discussing technology. Me uh, or myself and uh, our uh, minister of, of spiritual formation, Brett Turner, and I are going to be discussing technology, uh, really what technology is doing to us um, as people and also teenagers. Uh, and then how do we have a conversation with our kids that's like sobering for them of what technology is doing to them and to their hearts. And then whether or not they understand that conversation, then kind of implementing some rhythms into life going, hey, we need to address these things. Because if we allow technology to just kind of run rampant, uh, it will destroy. Um, it will destroy us. Honestly, that it will destroy us. And so that's my hope is that we will kind of deal with these things now um, and help our kids to be disciplined on some of these things because they're they're harming them. Uh, so, man, I, I hope this week was helpful for you. I'm excited about just the rest of the semester as we kind of get into these other topics as well. Excited about our conversation next week with some parents. It's going to be a great time. Uh, and we will catch you in the next one. 